everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I am Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors because I've noticed that people that are consistently successful in their lives implement those four pillars in their life in some form or fashion. And I want to share your journey or my journey with you. And hopefully you have your own journey. I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email, join Redbeard's Fit Crew on Facebook, go over to First Form Outdoors group on Facebook, join the community, let them know Redbeard sent you over there. And uh, you'll just be wrapped up with some amazing individuals that want to uplift you and help you in your own journey. And I just want to apologize if I sound stuffed up. I woke up today pretty clogged up. I don't know what's going on with my nose and sinuses, etc. But just apologize ahead of time that I might sound a little sick. Uh, And I wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for the growth that the podcast is seeing, the YouTube channel, which I, for those of you that don't know, I have a YouTube channel, Redbeard Space Outdoors. Go check it out. Same logo everywhere from Instagram to the podcast to the YouTube channel, just keeping it consistent. But Come join me over there, guys, to see full videos of the conversations that I put up and the gear reviews that I do. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All the growth that is happening, Redbeard's Fit Crew, First Form Outdoors, all the things. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. And with that, I want to personally invite you, if you haven't joined Redbeard's Fit Crew, if you have a Facebook Go look up Redbeard's Fit Crew. You don't have to be fit. Some people think you do. You don't. It's a group of individuals that just want to better their lives. And that's why I created the group. On top of that, go join First Form Outdoors. Here's your personal invitation. The First Form Outdoors page is just full of individuals, thousands of people who you can find your your group, your, your niche, whether it be hunting, fishing, or none of that, and you just like to go hiking and camping, go find people, link up, get a good group of accountability together. That's how you're going to better your life. Get surrounded by people who will lift you up as you help them as well. That's what these groups are about. So here's your personal invitation. Go check it out while you're listening to the podcast. All right. So today being the solo episode, I wanted to share an experience that happened this last weekend that I just absolutely love and I don't get the opportunity to do enough. And I'd love to help more people as they get into hunting. Ever since I've posted about the experience, I've had people reach out to me and I'm excited to get people into the outdoors. Maybe you're picking something up that you haven't done in years. Maybe you've never shot a bow in your life. Maybe you've never been rifle hunting. Maybe you don't even know where to start. Reach out to me, emails down below. Or you can shoot me a message over on Instagram or on Facebook, wherever it may be, I'll get to you and I want to help you. Okay. And let me explain why. So me personally, I grew up in North Carolina and in North Carolina, my, my, uh, great grandfather had the foresight to know, to buy me a lifetime hunting and fishing license out there. They don't sell them anymore, but basically it, I mean, it's a lifetime hunting and fishing license. I just need to do a few minor things every year if I want to actually have tags in my pocket. But he had that foresight, and I'm so very grateful for him 
who he was an avid outdoorsman. Unfortunately, I never got to know him, uh, but he bought it for me when I was born. And so I grew up in the outdoors doing scouting, uh, you know, boy scouts. I became an Eagle scout. Uh, I went camping with my family pretty frequently. I loved fishing. I never really got into hunting because I just didn't feel like rifle hunting out of a blind for me. It wasn't for me. For some people it is. That's awesome. No judgment, but it just wasn't for me. So I stuck to fishing until I came out to Utah. And so I came out to Utah, went to school for a year, went and served an LDS mission. For those of you that don't know that, you might know them as Mormons. Uh, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I went down to Mexico for two years, served a mission, came back. And uh, as I was finishing up school, got married to someone from here in Bountiful. And we were kind of on the verge of discussing moving back to North Carolina. Like we had some pretty serious plans that I was going to get into school out there for a graduate program that I wanted to do. And we were going to move to North Carolina. I just, I hated the concrete jungle, the desert, all the stuff that's out here in Utah. Well, I hadn't been in the mountains yet. Obviously I could see the mountains. They looked majestic. They looked almost overwhelming for someone who hasn't been in the Rocky mountains before. And even though I'd done a couple hikes, well, you know, hiked pretty frequently, actually, while I was in college, it was with people that seemed to know the mountains, well-established trails. So I didn't even know where to start. And so growing up in North Carolina, we've got the Appalachian Mountains that are smaller, very dense with trees. I love seeing the foliage change in the fall time. Uh, but the mountains out here are just huge. So, I, and that's how I always compare them. The Appalachian Mountains are beautiful. The ones out here, the Rocky Mountains are just majestic. Just can't even compare them. It's like apples to oranges. Either way, I hadn't tackled that. And so I just all, you know, thought Utah was just this desert kind of thing. And, and I wanted to get back to my family and where I grew up out east. Well, Brent, my buddy, calls up and, uh, you know, he was looking for me, spoke with my wife, had a funny kind of conversation there looking for me. And he, he called me John. Anyway, long story short, uh, we started talking about how he's into guns and knives. So that was kind of where it started was just the gear nerdiness that we shared. And then I knew he was into hunting. I think hunting season rolled around and I said, you know, let me go on a hike with you. Let me, let me follow you around and see uh, what this is all about. Cause again, it just seemed too overwhelming to go out and look for animals in these huge mountains. And, and so he let me tag along. And as we were hiking, we would talk about application processes, the different animals that you hunt out here, uh, the areas. And he slowly educated me. Now I had, I had some questions and I had a passion to, you know, I wanted to dive into it, but he knew all the answers or at least knew where to go and where to direct me. And he was very clever about it because he would, he would say, hey, go to this site or go do this or that. And then I would need to do the work to either get the tags or get my hunting license, hunting certification out here in Utah, all of that. So I had to put in the work, but he would direct, you know, the actions that I was taking in the right way. Well, now we're six or seven. I, I probably should have written the date down, but seven years-ish later, and now I, I'm here uh, with multiple tags punched. Um, with rifle, muzzle loader, bow, and I'm loving it. I am all in. Obviously, right now it's mainly bow hunting, and 
and I'm, I'm loving what it has brought me, the mixture between me putting in the work and my passion and Brent with his guidance. And that's just what a good mentor should do. A good mentor shouldn't do the work for you, but should guide your actions in the right way and should provide a little bit more ease of access to know where to go to look for certain things so you're not just Googling things and trusting forums online and et cetera, et cetera. Well, this last Saturday, I went up with the, the goal of punching my archery mule deer tag. And, uh, and I had forgotten it was still rifle season. And so we get up to the trailhead and I met up with a buddy of mine and he had met someone the day previously that was a rifle hunter. He was new. So we went up and we were kind of glassing. And at that point, I I pretty much knew that I wasn't going to be hunting for me. I wanted to help this guy. Well, we've, we found a bunch of does and, uh, and some bucks, but there's a little bit too far of a shot for what he was comfortable, which I appreciate the fact that he wasn't just trigger happy and willing to just rip off a shot, but he was responsible in the fact that he, you know, didn't want to take too far of a shot from where he felt comfortable. So we kind of went through that and then I needed to head back cause I was going to have a podcast recording and uh, that ended up uh, falling through and uh, uh, for another day that that guy ended up getting sick. I don't know if he ended up passing it on to me somehow virtually, whatever. Anyway, he's not able to talk because he didn't want to sound like a, a, a dying animal on the, on the podcast. And, and so I got that text while I'm on the way down and I, I run into Brent who we had met previously at the, at the trailhead. And he, he had let me know that, uh, he brought, he brought a, a guy up that this was basically his first time he'd been hunting with his grandpa when he was like 12, but you know, like 20 years later plus. Um, he hadn't been hunting since. And so basically a new hunter, right? And so uh, Brent, being the crazy dude that he is, uh, crazy dedicated, he had just had meniscus surgery two days earlier and he was up there on an e-bike and he wasn't going to be packing much out. <laughs> uh, needless to say, you know, with the fact that he had just had knee surgery. So, you know, I run into him. I had just had this cancellation. So basically the rest of my day had freed up. And thanks to my amazing wife that is willing to take the kids for as long as she does uh, during hunting season. So I stay up there. We glass up a buck. And uh, the guy's name is Matt. Uh, Matt goes to take a shot. There ended up being some error in the in the scope that he missed the first shot. So uh, we see where the bucks went because there ended up being two of them. And they had just kind of gone down in the draw into the thick stuff. We could hear him moving around, but we couldn't see him. So we waited him out for a little bit. And we're sitting there glassing and glassing. And Matt goes off to get a better uh, prone position for when these bucks come out. Because we knew they wouldn't come out a certain way. Because uh, there's you know normal human traffic over there. And, uh, and they, they would stay away from the, the biking trail. And so they, we knew they would go back up this one side of the, the hill. And uh, and so we're waiting, we're glassing, uh, kind of chatting with Matt a little bit. And then he goes off to get a better prone position. And Brent and I end up glassing up the bucks as they're coming out the, the thick stuff. So the first buck comes out. He was a little bit nicer. They're both young bucks. They were both forkies. Um, 
comes out. We stop him doing the sound across the, the draw. Um, and Matt wasn't quite set up, which, again, I 100% respect the fact that if you're not ready, you're not just flinging lead. Okay. And so he wasn't quite ready for that. We didn't know it because we had kind of lost sight of Matt. And so we stopped the buck again. And then he, he trots off into the trees a little bit up the hill. And then the second one comes up. And we're like, oh, man, we really hope he's ready. Hope he's ready. And, uh, and we stop him again, perfectly broadside. And then no, no shot fires off. We're like, oh, man. And like I'm thinking, man, I need to run over there and tell Matt, hey, look, the bucks are coming out. And so then we stopped the buck one more time. He was a little bit kind of hard quartered away. And uh, and he looks back, and then we see him. You know, we hear the shot. It was a good hit, and he falls. So, you know, we meet back up with Matt because, again, he's just right around the hill, just kind of had side hill a little bit to get a better uh, shooting position. And he was excited. And it reminded me of the time when – you know, I'd gotten my first buck. And at, at the time that I got my first buck, I didn't have anyone else around me uh, to, you know, to celebrate with. But I made a phone call to Brent because, again, he was he had been my mentor throughout the whole process. And so it was cool to see him, to see Matt, the, the new hunter, uh, get excited and, and to know that he had punched his tag and that he had downed a deer. So... You know, Brent gets back to his e-bike, rides around, and and uh, and Matt and I head down to where the deer is, and we kind of get it set up. I get the video, you know, of him walking up on the buck, and uh, it was just cool to see because he he was kind of speechless. He was not sure exactly what to do, uh, and and you could see all the emotions of you know he had just taken the deer's life, but he was excited because he punched his tag. It was a good rifle shot. Uh, he was excited, just excited and, and humbled all at the same time. And it was just, it was just awesome to see those emotions, get the pictures. And then for him to be like, okay, uh, I, I don't know how to do this, you know, when it comes to field dressing. So, you know, Brent gets over and kind of shows him what he needs to do and kind of walks him through it. And this was the other thing too, was that, you know, we had some extra time. So we took our time walking him through Brent and I walking him through the, the field dressing method. We chose to use the gutless method and how to do that. And, you know, I'd brought the tools that I would need. So we had extras and, uh, and we just kind of walked him through it and we took the time and made sure that he had a good experience of, you know, you don't need to feel rushed. We're good. You know, just take your time and get as much of the meat as you can and, and it turned out to be just a great experience. So we packed it up again, Brent just having knee surgery. Um, you know, I, I didn't let him take anything. He was willing to, he was going to walk it right down to the bike and bike it out. But, uh, you know, between Matt and me, we, we got the deer out and it was about a two and a half mile hike back to the trucks. And, uh, and we were able to chat the entire time. And it was cool to hear Matt's story of how it was very similar to mine where Brent, had, you know, kind of steered him in the right direction, but didn't do the work for him. And that's, that was just awesome to see that he was willing to put the work in and to do what he needed to do to get that tag punched. And so I just wanted to, 
to reiterate that it is important to share our passions of the outdoors with others and do so in a way that we are educating them, having a good time. And you're not always going to punch the tag with a new, a new hunter, but again, not being rushed, being willing to explain different things, uh, why you do things a certain way and understanding that, you know, there's certain, even terminology when we were walking out, there were certain things I was saying like deadfall and other things that we were talking about that I paused and I'm like, you know, not to be rude, but do you know what this terminology means? And most of the time Matt was like, no, I, I don't. And so I was able to explain that. So being conscientious of the fact that you're, you know, decades or like me, six or seven years of experience and being out in the, in, in the outdoors, you need to be willing to explain it to the new hunter in a way that's not demeaning, but also is educational and they're learning something new. So they're soaking all this stuff in that you're teaching them. Excuse me. So it reminded me of my experience to where, you know, I put in the work, Brent directed me in the right direction as to where to go. As a mentor, whether that be with fitness, nutrition, with the outdoors, have patience and don't do the work for the other person because they won't learn. They won't have the great experience that in this case, Matt had where he was able to get his hands field dressing, learning the techniques. He probably only soaked up a quarter of what we talked about, but he'll remember that he did it. He'll be able to say that that was him, his work put in to get that tag punched and then to get that meat uh, on the table back at home. So, for all of those reasons, I, I just want to reach out to you guys. Most of the people out there, I'm, I'm assuming, are experienced hunters, anglers, people that have been out the uh, in, in the outdoors for an, experience, an extended period of time. Remember that you need to share your passions with others in a way that is fun, exciting, and educational because people want to learn. And even though they may not soak it up this time, They're going to remember that you allowed them to be a part of the experience, whatever it may be. Invite people. There's going to be people out there that aren't going to ask for an invitation, but may be interested. And what's the worst that they can say is, no, I'm good. I don't want to go right now, right? That's fine. But be willing to share with others. Be willing to make it fun. Be willing to educate them and, and help others. Be a good mentor. Being a good mentor is a good steward of hunting and conservation for our wildlife as well. But, you know, I haven't looked into the studies necessarily, but supposedly the number of hunters is diminishing. And as people are getting older and getting out of hunting, maybe they haven't passed it on or their kids didn't want to get into the outdoors and hunting. So they're having to deal with with that, the fact that, well, they're getting old. They don't want to be there quote-unquote, retiring from hunting. And so we're losing more people than we're gaining. That shouldn't be the case. We don't want to lose ground. If anything, we want to hold our ground and gain more ground, bring people into the outdoors, help people understand why we hunt, how that has to do with conservation, or even why we just we want the meat at our on our tables, why we want that, that red gold that we get from punching a tag, why we enjoy being outside so much. 
even if we don't punch a tag. And for me, the experience of helping Matt was greater on that Saturday than if I had punched my own tag with that buck. And that's what need, that's what it's all about, guys. That's what it's all about. Helping others, bringing people in to the community of the outdoors and, and sharing our passions with others. So I just want to show you guys that story, share that story with you guys. Uh, remind you guys out there that maybe are experienced hunters or outdoorsmen that you should invite people, even if they say no, let them know that they are wanted, that we want to share with them our passions, bow hunting, rifle hunting, shooting your guns, messing with knives, bush, bushcraft, uh, camping, hiking, backpacking, photography, whatever in the outdoors, share it with other people in a way that is fun, educational, and just a, just a great experience overall. So with that being said, guys, uh, thank you so much again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And of course, go check out Redbeard's Fit Crew. I'd love to have you over there, guys. We're doing a November step challenge. I want you over there as part of that challenge. And join First Form Outdoors on Facebook as well. Again, guys, the links are down below. So you don't have to look them up if you don't want to. Just go click the link. Join the group. Let them know Redbeard sent you. Love to have you over there. We'll see you over there, guys. And hope you have a great rest of your week. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.